Richard Simkus is the CEO of Ballpark, Rainmaker and Publishing at SEN, and he's also in charge of their Wildcats portfolio. Richard, welcome to the Dribble Podcast. G'day, Craig. Thanks for having me. It's certainly been a hectic couple of days. When we locked in this interview last week, you were excited about flying to South Australia to watch this team play in person for the first time since uh, SEG took over as owners. When did you first learn that the game was in jeopardy against the 36ers? Uh, yeah, that's correct. It's been a long time post-acquisition, some six months, and uh, having not been able to set foot in WA during that period of time, it was a long-awaited uh, opportunity to see them live in Adelaide, and it was probably uh, some 24 hours uh, prior to the cancellation that we first got a bit of a heads up that it was under under some stress, uh, and then uh, late on um, the night before last, and confirmation that yeah, yesterday morning the game was, was going to be postponed. So uh, still, still we await to get over there and uh, and see the guys play live. So what does that do from an ownership perspective? Does it just are you spinning a little bit, especially around Christmas time when it's public holidays and stuff? How many phone calls are going on between all you guys to try to work out what's going on? Yeah, it's uh, we're spread across uh, three different time zones at the moment. Our general manager of basketball, Danny Mills, has uh, just ducked back home to Philly to uh, to bring his family back to Perth uh, to live finally. So so Danny's operating across the US. Um, uh, CEO of the club, Troy Giorgio, is obviously uh, uh, staying put in Perth and ourselves as owners operating here out of Melbourne. So, um, yeah, there's some late-night phone calls uh, right across the globe uh, juggling everything, and that's pretty much how things have been operating uh, kind of post, post-acquisition post in July. So we've already seen a New Year's Day game against Brisbane also called off, but the league has rescheduled and you'll now play Cairns New Year's Eve. How's the group reacting to, to all of the, the changes, uh, given that they were nervous about going away already, given that we're in a pretty good COVID environment and they're moving to one where it wasn't as safe? What's been their reaction so far? I think they're uh, they're handling things really well, Craig. I think there's the reality um, that we were going to be on the road for a period of time, call it four to five weeks of, of on the road at the very least. Um, so whilst it was disruptive to not have a game in Adelaide, um, at the end of the day, they're prepared for you know, a period on the road and um, I guess you know, remaining completely flexible during this period is it's inevitable that there's going to be more and more disruption and you know trying to trying to stay calm and, and composed during that period that no doubt I think the um, the team that can deal with that the best on the road over the uh, the next few months ahead is is going to be um, you know, probably the, the ones to beat. So when you look at it, it's amazing that the NBL only released their COVID protocol rules on December 1, and that was designed to sign players on short-term contracts to keep games going once players tested positive or were unavailable due to being a close contact or a casual contact. And that's working in the NBA, but we haven't had a single game yet where a short-term contract has been signed because the entire team has been put out under various state government regulations. Do you think it's now clear that these rules aren't going to work because the state governments aren't going to allow it to happen? Yeah, I think um, it, it, it's certainly going to be an interesting couple of months ahead in the in the various different rules across the states. It, it does make it operationally challenging, um, and the rate at which this variant, I guess, is is travelling through society as a whole, but then um, in teams and, and not just the NBL, we're seeing it across every sport, you know, and, uh, and only very small numbers on the roster. It, it's going to make it very challenging uh, over the next couple of months ahead, that's for sure. Were you initially confident that the, the short-term contract situation would work? Um, remaining open-minded to it, I guess, Craig, is probably the um, the, the best summary of that. Um, Danny and, and Scott 
um, are obviously running kind of you know the specifics of the basketball roster and how we how we build and how we continue to evolve that. So um, remaining open minded and flexible to what I'm sure is going to continue to be a you know, changing operating landscape. It's a really interesting time when we look at things from over here where it's such a different world to what you've been living for the past couple of years. But And even Scott Morrison over here said, you know, it's strange that we're leaving the safety of WA to go to the wildfire that is COVID interstate. Do you look at it at all and think the league erred in sending the Wildcats to the eastern states rather than bringing teams over here, having the quarantine situation, but then being able to play with safety and surety? What, what's your thoughts now on whether more basketball should be in Perth right now? Well, I mean, selfishly, uh, uh, we'd love that to be the case. I, I mean, um, we're fully supportive and, and completely behind uh, the NBL in the challenges uh, that they have. It's, um, you know, it's an incredibly difficult landscape to operate in. The reality of, you know, Western Australia at the moment is, you know, it's going to be very difficult to, to get teams in and, and fixture games uh, in WA. So, you know, we were well aware of that and have been for, for some period of time and supportive of um, the structure of the fixture that was in place. And the NBL were great working with us to get you know, a good chunk of games away early. Uh, well, we could have teams come in, clean teams come in. Um, so to have been able to do that um, through, you know, the start of the season and into December now uh, was was really successful for us. Um, the reality is now we face a period of time on the road. We hope that's only probably a four to five week period and hopefully at that stage, um, you know, the WA border is opened up and, and there's free travel into WA and we can get teams in and, and fixture yeah, a good run home. And if we've been successful and um, resilient through the next month or so on the road, which will be challenging and we'll have complications and cancellations and postponements, then um, on an on-court perspective, we should come home really strong with a, a good bunch of home games to finish off the season and, and into the playoffs. There's so many differing approaches to, to COVID across all the states and, and there's dramatically different case numbers in every state as well. New South Wales is, seems just out of control today with the 11,000. It's just a, a mind-blowing number. But you are planning on, uh, the team is planning on being based in Tassie. Um, is that still the plan? And, and, and now that you're seeing all of the different real-world scenarios, um, why Tassie, uh, why was that chosen? Why is it still the best plan? Uh, to date, as it stands at the moment, Craig, that's still the plan. But what it looks like tomorrow could be different again. Um, in terms of, um, yeah, I mean, it's probably one of the safest states at the moment now to to be housed out of. Um, so that was as of you know probably a week ago. I think for memory, we were given the heads up that that was likely to be the scenario. Uh, and then travelling from there, based out of there, obviously great facilities down there now. Um, that have been built and and easy for the team to be to be based out of there and, and moving around. But the league are, are encouraging all teams. Uh, everyone's going to be remaining on their toes during this period of time. And um, I don't think we can say with any certainty that anything's going to continue to be the case beyond tomorrow. So when you look at the team right now, they, you mentioned Danny Mills not being there because he's he'll be coming back from Philly, and Troy George is over here, and you're in <laughs> you're in Melbourne. Uh, are you going to get an extra body up there? Uh, to we or wherever the team is up there, over there, down there, whichever state they end up in, um, to help with the the management side of things. Given that Danny isn't able to be there until he gets back and goes through whatever situation he has to go through uh, to get his family settled in WA. 
You know, well, luckily um, that's been uh, a pretty smooth uh, transition back for Danny. So he's he's due back, uh, or the family are due back in the country uh, tomorrow, uh, and he'll be joining the team um, straight away post that, wherever that should be, Tassie, I, I suspect. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've you know, during the off season, it's obviously been a significant period of of change, both from a playing roster point of view, but also you know the other supportive roles around. So um, you know, Scott's really well supported there. You know, with associate head coach Mike Kelly and, and all of the other coaching staff around and uh, myself and Troy are um, you know, continually in touch with, with Scott and the rest of the support team in and around them. And how are you managing the families while the players away? There's only one person who's taken his partner with him and that, that's Matt Hodgson who's taken his wife and, and three-week-old baby so they're in for a bit yeah. of a challenge it's fair to say. I don't, don't envy that situation while being on the road but how are you managing the ones who are, who are back out, over here? No, it's 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 absolutely probably the hardest part of it um, for the guys to be away for that period of time, away from from loved ones and wives and partners and and their children. Um, so uh, um, I know. Uh, Scott's wife and, and Danny's wife are um, working with a number of the other wives and partners to put some functions in place and get around each other and um, watch all the games um, when and wherever they may be um, and ensure there's a good support network for, for everyone who's sadly left behind in, in WA while the, while the guys are on the road during this stretch. Team started really well, haven't they? Four, four and one uh, start to the season was, was ideal in Perth, and uh, uh, Bryce Cotton has been absolutely outstanding as per usual. And I'm sure you're hanging out to see Bryce play live. And Wildcats fans should check out the double page feature on Bryce, uh, both online and in the December 29 edition of the West Australian. It's Wednesday, obviously, depending on when you're listening to this. That's part of our series on the 2021 WA Athletes of the Year. When do you think you'll actually get to see the team live now? Uh, hopefully, I um, I plan will probably be to get down to Tassie uh, for a game in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, Craig, that's the plan. Um, yeah, can't wait to see all of them live. Danny and and Scott have done an incredible job building. You know what looks like on paper certainly one of the strongest rosters uh, across the competition. So. Um, yeah, starting to see some really good signs of Bryce and Vic combining together and Michael Fraser looks like he's going to be a superb player for us and um, obviously we can't wait to get back a few of the injured boys. Um, and uh, whilst it's not ideal having a few of these games cancelled, it certainly does give us uh, a little bit of rest and recuperation time for a couple of the guys that are close in getting back. Certainly been an interesting six months for you guys as owners. Describe your role within Sports Entertainment Group and your role as part of uh, the integration with the Wildcats. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I look after a few of the um, the verticals of our broader business, um, our production business, Rainmaker, our sports marketing um, ballpark, uh, run our publishing business, um, and then also oversee sort of our, our team ownership and, and rights representation arm of which... Uh, the Perth Wildcats is now proudly a, a new addition to that. So, yeah, it's been a wonderful uh, transition into our business. We're now probably six months or tick over through that period. Um, the club, obviously, um, you know, is an incredibly well-run organisation and uh, we've been involved in and around basketball for probably four years or so now as a business and have long admired what Jack and, and Troy and the rest of the Wildcats franchise have built over that period of time. Um, so we're here to play a complementary and, and support role to transition that into our broader business. We've continued to run and operate it um, similar to how it has been run in the past and respectful to all the wonderful things the Wildcats have done over the time. But 
um, it's a huge opportunity ahead to integrate that into a broader sports media business and for you know a number of executives within our business to help um, support that and to complement that and continue to evolve the club both on and off the court. Um, obviously, you know, it's been one of the most successful franchises in uh, sports history across any sport here in Australia um, and run really well off court as well too. But uh, we think as part of our broader business, there's a whole series of uh, incremental opportunities we can build on and, and deliver for the Wildcats, not only here but, but internationally as well too over time. So with such a big business model, basketball teams, radio stations, TV productions, sporting events, what happens if a a section of your business is struggling financially with the COVID situation like it is now? Does that impact upon the money that you can spend on the Wildcats or are they broken off into a different segment altogether and and they're managed as they were previously as a basketball club or is it basketball club integrated into the radio station and everything else? And Money has to come from all different parts. It's a really good question, Craig. I think um, diversification of the business has probably uh, been our friend through the last you know, 18, 18 months, two years. There's been um, times and periods there where some of the verticals you know, have been more challenged by COVID. Take our publishing business, the AFL record that we own um, and produce you know, with no, no fans at venues uh, across large parts of you know, both of the last two seasons. Um, you know, running a business like that has, has proved challenging. Um, our sports marketing uh, um, ballpark that does a lot of events and experiential and activation trips and travel, uh, etc. That that's obviously been really impacted during that period. But conversely, Rainmaker, our our production business, has thrived. Had yeah, its biggest two years ever, um, and expanded significantly in both live sport production, but then more broadly content creation. Um, so having the diversification absolutely helps. Um, yeah, our job and in the integration of the Wildcats into our business is to make sure that we're building you know, a long-term, really financially viable club um, you know, and continue to broaden, I guess, the economics and, and the commercialisation of that outside of um, the traditional revenue streams attached to a basketball club just to safeguard against things like COVID or you know, whatever the next challenge might be. Um, so, yeah, we think as as part of a diversified sports media business um, and continuing to, you know, invest into new areas and create more content, um, deliver more engagement with fans and, you know, the brands that we're fortunate enough to work with and attaching um, them to that audience, uh, we see, you know, significant incremental opportunity to keep growing the brand on and off the court. So SEG also bought the Otago Nuggets in New Zealand and you have got a, you still have that very small um, investment in Melbourne United. Do, are you done? Like, is there more teams to come? or where, where do, When does the buying of, of sporting teams stop? Well, you've, you've obviously got a, a, pol, a, a, a strategy here. Where are you sitting in terms of investing in anyone else? No, I'd, I'd never say we're done, Craig. One of the things uh, I've learned working with Hutchie over the period of time is uh, just when you start to get comfortable and thing, things might be uh, relatively normal, uh, we'll, uh, we'll flip and change again. So, no, it, it's absolutely part of a longer-term uh, acquisition and, and growth strategy of the business, um, you know, rights representation or team ownership and integrating that into our media business 
um, and helping tell the story of those sports brands is is core of what we do. So, um, you know, the Wildcats has been um, a great beachhead strategy for us into WA and supporting our, our media business and local media business over there in, in Western Australia. Um, the Nuggets, um, whilst very early signs over there in New Zealand um, and, and yet to obviously head in the season proper, Looks like it's going to be wonderful for us over there in the Otago region in New Zealand. Um, so, and there's multiple other things that are bubbling along. We're always on the lookout, um, not just in basketball, but yeah, potentially across other sports as well too. So th- that's how big you're trying to become, isn't it? You, you want to be, you want to become a, a more than just the the radio segment and, and the uh, that you initially were. You wanted to become more of an ownership in, in uh, an entire sports strategy. I think Hutchie re- refers to it as. So it could be you could branch out to. Mer- America buy teams over there. You could branch out and buy more dif- different sports in Australia. It seems like you're determined to become as big an organisation as possible. Yeah, well, we're um, we're absolutely a, a you know a, a multi-platform uh, business. It, you know, it's born out of radio originally, but we're a huge national and international footprint now across. Uh, a multitude of different platforms. It's radio, it's digital, it's TV, it's print, it's stadium signage, um, you know, and it's team ownership and, and rights representation. So, um, you know, and that varies from owning a team in totality like the Wildcats and the Nuggets. Um, we still, as you mentioned, own a, a small minority share of Melbourne United, represent the commercial rights. Um, we do that uh, similarly for um, Bowls Australia as well too, where we represent their commercial rights into the market. So um, certainly being able to um, represent sponsorship, sports sponsorship assets across a diversified platform and a multitude of different sports um, really sort of works well for us and ultimately as a business we're about delivering, you know, maximum choice and opportunity for our fans to consume as much sports content as they can, when and how they choose it across a multitude of different platforms. And if there's teams that we can own or, or represent and then ultimately increase and create more content and engagement out of it, um, fueling sort of broader sports consumption across our networks, then that, that's kind of the sweet spot for us. Are you able to share uh, IP or it might be better to say uh, personnel or staff um, between the, the Wildcats, obviously the big brother of the Nuggets, uh, uh, do you guys help do the Wildcats help the Nuggets in any way? Is there a chance that players, development players or younger guys who you're trialling might go over there in the off-season to see how they perform and Scott talk to their coach and see how they're going and work on different ways to improve them before they can come back to the NBL? Yeah, that that's absolutely part of the strategy, Craig. Danny was... Uh, incredibly excited when we first mentioned the opportunity uh, to him and, and he got involved in the, the early part of the conversations over there. Um, certainly, you know, over time when hopefully travel's a little bit more normalised and, and the competitions um, not overlapping each other, um, the opportunity to, you know, potentially utilise players across both competitions or um, get a look at a potential development player for the Wildcats over in um, what is a, a really strong competition over there. Yeah, we think it provides great opportunity both for playing roster but also opportunity for you know coaching staff and administration across both of the clubs so that's definitely something we'll be exploring over time certainly a different process that you're following it's gonna be really exciting to see how it goes and when you talk, talk about exciting are you going to the you going to the super bowl in february ballpark entertainment are sending a, a touring squad over there again um are you do you get a gig in that 
fingers crossed, Craig. Yeah, we sadly missed last year um, due to COVID. But, yeah, it's a big part of what Ballpark does. Um, we take a lot of international trips and, and tour programs, which, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, that, that part of the business obviously has been hampered in the last uh, last 18 months. But, no, we've got a good group already locked in to go to LA. So, um, yeah, hotels secured and, and game tickets secured in what's going to be an unbelievable Super Bowl at the new LA Stadium. So uh, at this point in time, subject to um, COVID and travel restrictions at the day, then, yeah, hopefully we'll be, uh, we'll be over there in LA for the 13th of Feb. Is that as epic as it sounds? Oh, Super Bowls are pretty amazing. Yeah, I've um, been very lucky to have, have been to a number. And uh, in terms of uh, global sporting events, um, it's uh, it's as good as it gets, Craig. Uh, and LA, Super Bowl in LA, having um, you know the world being slowed down for a period of time, oh, you only have to look at Super Bowl pricing at the moment to understand that it's uh, it's going to be one of the hottest sports tickets on the globe come, uh, come early February next year over in LA. That sounds quite amazing. That would be epic to go to. Now, we have a segment on the dribble called This or That. You can't sit on the fence. You have to give a clear answer to a question. And the question this week is, that now that we're seeing the challenges for sports, what's better? Is it the safe and proven hub model with all teams playing in the one spot and it basically being a TV season? Or is it better to be traveling the country, playing in front of home crowds and just copying the heaps of interruptions? What's What do you think is the best model? The proven hub model or the copying interruptions but playing in front of home crowds? Can we have the hub model in WA with uh, with local crowds only? For <laughs> <laughs> Option, but um, uh, acknowledging that that's probably going to be uh, too difficult. I mean, certainly we have seen during you know COVID affected seasons the impact of no crowds in venues. So. Um, you know, sports fans are what makes our, our live sporting events so amazing, both to watch, you know, in person at the venue, but also on the broadcast on TV. So um, acknowledging, you know, disruptions and, and uh, postponements, uh, a, a more normalised season of home and away venues where uh, each team can play in front of their home crowd would be the absolute preference. Uh, brilliant. Well, look, thank you very much for joining us on the Dribble Podcast. You've given Wildcats fans a fantastic insight into what's happening both at the moment as they uh, attempt to get their life started on the road and also where the future is for the club. So we really appreciate your time. Hopefully you get to go and watch them play live shortly and hopefully things continue to go well for the company and for the club. So thank you very much, Richard Simkus, for joining us. Many thanks. Thanks, Craig, and thanks for all your wonderful support throughout the season.